I feel honored to be the first, co first East Coast speaker of the morning. I live in Chevy Chase, Maryland, which preceded the comedian of that name. Chevy Chase is a suburb of Washington, D.C., which needs no explanation. I believe that General Lyon read my speech. Our thoughts on achievement and risk-taking are exactly alike. It is, of course, a great honor to be recognized in this salute to excellence, especially among a group of such distinguished Americans from various professions and fields of accomplishment. I wish to share with you briefly some of my own experience, but more importantly, I wish to share a few reflections on that experience with the hope it may be of some benefit to others, particularly to young people who may be starting on their careers in the near future. Although the honored guests this weekend do come from very different fields, I suspect that the lessons of their experiences may have some common threads. The secrets of success are really not that secret. The basic principles have changed very little over time, and they are indeed quite the same in all professions. The importance of occasions such as this lies not in the honor being given to those of us who receive it, but rather in the hope that our life stories will demonstrate these principles and remind young people that excellence and achievement can be theirs if they choose to pursue it. It is with that hope and with that intention that I accepted the invitation to be here today. My own career began when I was discharged from the Army in 1946 at the conclusion of World War II. Unfortunately, my father died suddenly that year at the age of 46, leaving my mother, sister, and brother, and me with very little means. I thus began my career at a young age and pursued it with intensity in part because there was no choice. Responsibility often brings an early maturity. I owe a tremendous debt to the United States government for the GI Bill which enabled me to pursue an education, and to George Washington University, which gave me the opportunity to earn my undergraduate and law degrees while selling houses to support my family. After law school, I practiced law briefly. I suppose I also owe a debt to one of my court-appointed clients whom I defended for car theft. I won the case, but my client left town without paying me. 
That case was my last. I figured there had to be a more rewarding way to make a living. I entered the real estate business with the only $250 I had, and in the next 13 years, sold 22,000 houses. From selling houses, I moved on to building them. In 1958, I was offered the opportunity to develop my first regional shopping mall. That million-square-foot mall opened when I was just over 30 years of age. To make a long story short, 30 years later, our company has developed numerous malls, many office buildings, and thousands of apartments. Our success has been gratifying, and I dare say it far exceeds any expectations I had as a young man. Real estate development is an exciting and rewarding profession. However, it is a good alternative if you are not tall enough to make a professional basketball team. <laughs> Again, my story is similar in many respects to the stories you will hear from other people who have benefited benefited from the blessings of opportunity this country offers. I would not be so modest as to suggest it required no talent, nor would I be so arrogant as to suggest luck and timing did not play a role. But I would point out again to those very simple and timeless principles of achievement that continue to serve so well. First, Success in any endeavor requires hard work. There is an old expression that the best fertilizer for any field is the footsteps of the farmer. Excellence is not achieved in eight-hour days. And despite such phrases as quality time and working smarter, those who wish to excel must be prepared for 16-hour days and seven days weeks. There is simply no other way. Second, success requires taking risks. Excellence is not to be found in timidity or indecision. As I think back, I see many points in my career when decisions were made that, that well could have resulted in my bankruptcy and ruin. Perhaps it was just luck and timing that made those decisions turn out right. But even if they had not, I would not have regretted them, because the alternative to taking risks is the guarantee of safe mediocrity. I do worry that young people today who have grown up in a more affluent society than my generation faced will choose to play it safe. I had nothing to start with and therefore nothing to lose. I had no choice but to take risks. Because they have so much to start with, others may be less willing to take risks and will thus foreclose their opportunities for outstanding achievement. Third, true success requires a certain moral compass. By this I mean 
the ability to keep wealth in perspective and to stay and to stay focused on the right values. Excellence is achieved by those who seek excellence for itself. Do it for the challenge. Do it for the fun. Do it for what you can contribute to society. Wealth may come along, but those who make money their first objective both limit their own real achievement and diminish their own lives. Last and most importantly, I am one who still believes that a successful life is not possible without a successful family. The greatest achievement of my life lies not in business, but in the success and happiness of my wife, my children, and their families. A strong and supportive family is not an alternative to success in a career, but is instead an essential backdrop to significant accomplishment in any endeavor. I would have never been able to accomplish I would never have been able to accomplish what I did without the help, support, and friendship of my wife, Annette. We have been partners for almost 40 years. In addition to so many things, she gave me the latitude to spend the enormous number of hours necessary to accomplish my projects, and she lovingly and successfully raised our children to be successes in their own right. As I said at the beginning, my story is quite typical of those told by many successful Americans. These are stories that you simply do not hear anywhere else in the world, at least not yet. The rest of the world is struggling to obtain the opportunities we take for granted. And I believe that those of us who have benefited from this country and its economic system have a deep obligation to reach back and help others who are striving to do the same. As one whose father came here from Palestine, from what is today Israel, and who, whose mother came here from Lithuania, a nation that is today engaged in its own struggle for freedom, I am particularly conscious of our obligations as Americans to those outcasts and strangers who may need our help today. In the final analysis, the true measure of excellence is not what we have achieved for ourselves, but what it enables us to do for others. That's the message I would leave for our young people, and I hope it is something they will remember from our celebration this weekend. Thank you very much. Mr. Mr. Lerner, my name is Doug Heller. I'm from Santa Monica, California. Um, it seems to me that the developers in the 80s have enjoyed, especially in California, the increasing amount of wealthy home buyers. But this has been at the expense of lower income people and very low income people. I, we have a definite housing problem in our country, and you spoke a lot of how we must, we must take advantage of the opportunities and how great the opportunities in America are. I was wondering if you think, and I know in my city we're working very hard um, to this end, do you think as a developer, it is your responsibility to help 
um, provide low-income housing for people, even though it may not be as profitable as the uh, shopping malls or the, as the wealthier houses or the houses for the wealthy that you provide? Yes, I do. We're obvi obviously at the present time not involved in residential housing, but uh, we do have occasion when we are building some apartment projects, and we do have uh, special units that are devoted to uh, low-priced uh, rentals so that the uh, people are, have the uh, ability to uh, live in, in a good quality project at a reduced price. When you started out um, developing their didn't seem to be much concern about the environment, but nowadays there's um, a debate between environmentalists and um, developers who wish to develop in near um, environmentally sensitive areas, for instance, Florida Keys and Everglades. I was wondering what are your thoughts um, about the responsibility that a developer has to, the, um, to society by way of protecting the environment? We're, we're all sensitive to the environmental question. In our particular uh, metropolitan Washington area, it's not the problem that exists in other locations in the country, but we're sensitive to it. Uh, there are many uh, government regulations that are required, and, and uh, we certainly believe that that's a responsibility of developers in the country in the 90s. Thank you. Thanks very much.